You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off The Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off The Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Please follow and subscribe, and you can hear from Jacob Warren all season long right here with Jacob. I'm Dave Hooker. It's all brought to you by Vassie Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Toro, count on it. i got more to tell you about Vassie Lawn and Garden here momentarily. But, Jacob, as you can tell by my voice, I'm pretty excited. This is the last week of no football. Now, the Hall of Fame game always leaves me a little deflated. But that not this week, but the next week. We we have football on the horizon, so I'm ready to roll. Yeah, it's coming up, man. It's exciting. Um, you know, it's kind of weird <clears throat> thinking about it. You know, we won't have a free a free weekend or really time off for you know a good little while. So it's time to really like lock in and uh, just get to it. It's exciting. Um, it's obviously what we've all been waiting for. So what I know a lot of things have changed. Okay, since I was even close to your age. But I can remember being in my 20s and they would always do max days right before the season to see how much you can handle. Well, nowadays we've learned that strapping 600 pounds on a bar and bench pressing, <laughs> like Larry Allen of the Cowboys back in the day, benching right. 650 pounds is not the smartest thing to do. So I, what do you do to test how much you've improved in the offseason to now? Yeah, I think the way that we – do it at Tennessee is um, it's pretty cool and it's, I mean it makes a lot of sense it's nothing like crazy but um, we just <clears throat> they just set up the the curriculum I guess or the program in a way where each week we are essentially lessening the reps while increasing the, the weight percentage of our of our perceived max so we so based on kind of just some of the lists that we do and how well we do them they they have numbers that, that they base it off of, but we do a percentage of our maximum of our maximum bench press or our maximum squat or our max clean. So 
you know, say on this day, if my, say my clean was a hundred pounds, right. And on this day, you know, we're doing 75% for three reps. So that means I'm doing 75 pounds for three reps on my last set. Right. So it kind of works kind of like that. And um, I think you see as the summer goes on, at least I've seen that um, obviously those numbers keep getting bumped up and, <clears throat> You know, you know what you did last week. We have cards that we write all of our weights down and stuff on. So, you know, it's kind of just a competition with yourself to try to try to beat last week. And I think if you consistently see growth and you consistently see that you're beating those numbers, uh, that's kind of what you're looking for as far as uh, a sign of uh, progress, I guess. What What's your best lift? Uh, hang clean, for sure. Okay, so a hang clean. Explain to people that don't know what that is. You're you're holding the bar around right above mm-hmm. knee level, and you pop yep. it up right here, and you catch it yeah. elbow high in a front squat. And um, I don't know. It looks really complicated, and it's kind of a tough maneuver, tough uh, yeah. lift for some for some people to get a hold of. But um, I don't know. We've done it since high school, and I've always seen feel, felt very comfortable doing it, and uh, can do it pretty well. So what do you what, what are you hang cleaning right now? Uh, hang clean 315 today. Good gracious. So you could <laughs> easily, so I could like hang on to a bar because I'm, yeah. I, I'm like 205 now. Uh, you may have not been able to get me before we met, <laughs> but I'm like right. 205 now. <clears throat> so I could hang on to a 45 pound bar and you could clean me up. I could clean you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> in... <laughs> that is insane <laughs> no that, that, that's definitely one of the ones i feel most comfortable with as far as like competing with other guys in the weight room it's it's good to look down and be like yeah okay like i'm trying to bump my weight up you know p fans always right next to me and he clean like he's just so strong so you know it, he makes it look easy and then i'm like all right now nah, i can do that like I'm, I'm gonna try to push myself too but um yeah hand clean is, is a good one for me yeah, it's it's really almost as much about technique it is, as it is strength because the way you got to sure. pop, it's it's a very difficult. I I took enough CrossFit classes to know that it is very very hard, and I never got the hang of it. I think I was I think I got up to forty five pounds. But anyway, um, hey, I wanted to ask you about something that happened last week. So I'm a very blessed individual. I get to work with you, and I get to work with Cooper Mays, and. I don't ever have to worry about you guys uh, getting in trouble. And I'm not going to name the player, but it was a player on another team. And two days before SEC media days, I'm sure you've heard about it. We don't even have to name the team. Two days before he gets pulled over, gets a DUI with marijuana and a gun in the car. Okay. I look at you and Coop, who I didn't talk to about this, but I look at you guys as, as leaders on this team in some shape, form, or fashion, be it quiet or not, or be it vocal. What in the world do you say to a guy that's two days removed from going to SEC media days and he puts himself in that sort of position? What do you say? Um, I don't know. I think the issue is, um, like, this is kind of just a common thing. Like, you have people that, you know, that there's no telling how many times, you know, him or other people that have been caught with stuff like that have done it before getting caught, right? It's like someone drunk driving, right? Someone might be might be drunk driving the first time they do it. Uh, it's like, oh, wow, that wasn't even that bad. You know, I made it home safe. There was no cops. I'm good. And, so, and then, you know, the 12th, 13th, 15th time that they are drunk driving, and then sure enough, there's a cop sitting right there, and they're going too fast, and they get pulled over, and they get busted for it. So I think it kind of, I guess people just build up that, uh, 
you know, that they feel invincible or they feel like whatever, it's not going to be me. I'm not going to be that guy or whatever. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate whenever things happen and, and they get caught, but obviously um, if you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing and, and you get caught, then that's on you. Um, so yeah, just don't do things you're not supposed to be doing and you'll be just fine. Yeah, it's, it's very true. So do you, is that something that's addressed among teammates when somebody gets in trouble around just their, their personal group of friends? Or is that something where a leader of the team could stand up and say, hey, you're hurting the whole team, don't get in trouble? How, how are things like that addressed within the framework of a team? Um, I think it's pretty well understood that um, everyone understands that that's – definitely not something that should be happening and something that you would like to avoid. Right. So when something like that happens, I think it's, it's appropriate for, you know, the coach to address it to the team. Like guys, like, I know like everything you've heard, like whatever, whether it's true, whether it's not true and just kind of put it all out there and, and kind of, um, I guess a lot of some things are just kind of hard to talk about until someone just puts it out there in the open. And then once it's out there, it's like, well, I guess, you know, we're talking about it. And so now you start to talk about, you know, other things that people may be struggling with or um, just trying to encourage guys to, you know, if they feel like they've got to do this, do that, or if they are doing the same thing that the kid had got caught with, please stop doing it. Right. Like this is, and this is like, as someone that I'm not on his team. Right. So this is what coach Heupel per se would would say be saying to us or with the conversations we would have but I guess if if the kids on your team I mean you just kind of have to um surround them I mean obviously he's still a teammate he's still a brother like he's still um important to to us right whether he ends up being able to stay on the team or not he's still part of of our lives so I think it's important just to be be there for him and and kind of learn from his mistake I guess is all you can do yeah, that that that's about it. I, I uh, just so you know, I did vote for you first team, uh, all SEC tight end. There's some yeah, shanker yeah. guy at Auburn. I don't I don't really know him. I don't do I don't yeah. do a weekly podcast with him, so he can stay down there. But um, I I know that it would have it would have meant something to be all SEC. Is that just more motivation ahead of the end of the season that maybe you're a little overlooked? Yeah, it's uh. I think we've talked about it before. It's one of those things that, I mean, I get it. Like, I haven't had years like, you know, the Bowers and all these other kids, these cats at Georgia that were like all five stars. Like, I get that. But that's something that you learn to just kind of put behind it. Like, I don't care that they have three five stars on their roster. I don't care that this kid caught however many touchdowns. I don't care that this kid had however many yards, right? Because this is the day if I do everything I'm supposed to do, like, I'm taking care of my business, right? I can't really change what people think about me. I can't really change what other cats around the country are doing. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to try to, again, I guess use it as motivation. Sure. Um, show them that they should have voted for me or that they should have considered me in the beginning of the season. And uh, obviously not going to, I'm going to appreciate attention when it does come, but um, yeah, it's not the biggest deal. I was thinking about it. And I, I, when I was voting for you, I was in the back of a car, but I, I was thinking about it. And um, I don't know that there's a better pair of tight ends in the SEC when you combine you and Princeton. I mean, I, I went through every SEC team and I couldn't I couldn't find one that I liked better. You, uh, you guys should take a lot of pride in that. 
And we do. I think that it's really cool that our offense kind of revolve. Not, I'm not going to say revolves around our position, but uh, we play a really big part in just the moving pieces of the offense. And the fact that, I don't know if you've even noticed, me and Princeton literally split every single, like, rack. <laughs> like, it'd be like there's one series, the very first game of the series. It doesn't really matter who starts. He can start. I can start. We actually play rock, paper, scissors over it before the game. So we play rock, we play rock paper, scissors. He wins. He'll go the first series. I'm in the game the next series, regardless of if he scores a touchdown, if he has five catches, no catches. Like, I'm in the next series. And I could be playing bad, and he can go in. You know what I mean? And, like, we're like this is how it works. And so, you know, no one – I don't know if people realize that or if people understand that, but, like, that's why you don't see these big-time numbers from either of us. Like, Princeton Fant would have just as many yards as just about everybody else in the nation if he was taking all of the reps like the guys do at these other schools, right? And, um, I mean, I, th- I think similar with myself. Like, we, we would have all this production, have all the whatever, all the attention for being one of the better in the, in the league if um, if we were taking all the reps. But it's literally physically impossible to do it in our offense just because of the way that, that we're – that's all the things that we're asked to do. So, um, relying on him, I think it's just really cool that we're both able to go in and operate on the same level and all the coaches trust either one of us. Like, it doesn't matter who's in there. We're running the same plays. We're not changing the playbook. We're going the same speed, everything like that. So, um, having kind of that duo has been really good for, for me to kind of have somebody to rely on and also just um, just to share the experience with. Well, that it, it's cool that you guys are both that selfless where you're willing to split snaps like that. But when that first came up, because everybody thinks, I want to be the starter. I want to be on the field all the time. When, yeah. when that first came up, how did that strike you, that you would be splitting even? Um, I mean, like, realistically, like, it's – I think we both are mature enough to understand that, like, it, that seriously does not does not matter who goes out there first. Like, you can play the first play, and then I can play. You know, it, like it really doesn't matter. So I think once we both kind of realize, like, like we truly need each other to be successful in the offense, and there's a lot of times we're out there together. You know what I mean? And so um, that that's what I petition. I petition to play the first very first snap of the game in 12 personnel, so we can both get to start. And then one of us go off the field and then we just run from there. <laughs> That's how I always say, he's like, who wants to start? I'm like, let's just go 12. But um, no, like it, it seriously has been, has been great and never felt any type of like animosity from him. And I hope he hasn't felt any from me. So um, we're just happy, happy for each other. I think. Okay. So wait a second. If I see you guys run out there and you've got 12 people at the first play of the game, that means there's a tight end revolt going on in Tennessee, right? <laughs> not 12 people with just 12 personnel one one running back two tight ends two wide receivers oh okay so oh, okay i got you okay yeah, gotcha. yeah. so a two so tight both set. on the field at the same time technically we could yeah two tight ends set so we can both get the start and then we'll just go off but then one receiver would have to take the l on that one so i don't know maybe maybe one of the young kids or something can, <laughs> can take it for <laughs> i like it so you mentioned the tight end is kind of the, the the offense revolves around to some extent what the tight end does. Can you yeah. go a little bit more in depth in that? Cause as long as we've been talking, I don't think I've heard you use the, that, that type of phrasing. Why is the tight end so important in Josh Heupel's offense? Um, and like, like I said, I don't think it really like, like you could run the same offense in 10 personnel, but I think understanding what, uh, just understanding matchups, understanding defenses, um, uh, tight end is a very difficult position to always 
cover and to always have accounted for. And um, I don't know, we're, it's just usually when there's when there's adjustments that are made or when there's um, little wrinkles that are thrown into a play, it involves us. So it moves us from the front side of the run to now we're on the back side of the run, um, maybe blocking it a different way. Or, you know, instead of inserting here, we're going to insert on the other side. Or um, when we're doing motions, right, you see us doing like going in different motions and stuff like that. You know, this time we're gonna we're gonna run across and then come back out the backside, or we're gonna start on a different side of the field and then we're gonna you know it just everything that kind of seems if if there's a little wrinkle if there's an adjustment that needs to be made, um, it's usually the tight end pretty much in any offense that's going to be the one that they put that responsibility onto, and so I think what I mean also by being that missing piece is um, tight ends like you kind of have to be pretty smart to play pretty pretty witty pretty good on your feet and um, understanding when you're wrong and understanding how to make yourself right. Like there's a lot of plays that, um, you know, you're lined up just in the wrong spot and you can't do anything about it because the ball is getting snapped, right? We play really high tempo and um, you don't have time to be adjusting and moving. So um, say I line up on the right side behind the line of scrimmage or behind the, the offensive line. And I know I need to be on the left side, right? And I know I lined up wrong. Like Hendon or Hendon or Joe, whoever's back there, is just gonna clap. They're gonna snap the ball and understand that I'm aware that I'm wrong and I will make it right. So that's kind of like the trust piece that you develop in the off season. Like we've been talking about, you know, trying to mesh and trying to click and trying to understand what everybody's thinking. And um, that's kind of what I mean as far as as the tight end being the 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 deciding factor, not on whether a play is successful, but as as um, if we're able to do a lot of things and be really versatile in, in our offense. That so it, it makes, it makes complete sense. Yeah. So also one of the questions I asked Josh Heupel last week was, and you and I've talked about this, being able to can run a little bit more clock. I'm not saying run clock, but being able yeah. to have that four minute offense. And he said quite simply and, you know, we kind of – I think sometimes on the outside as media, we kind of get this upper-level thinking, and we think too much about it. But he said, basically, well, you got to run the ball. And, so, I mean, yeah. that – and it's not – he wasn't implying that you guys hadn't, but you just – right. You you if you're going to control the ball for a four-minute offense, which I think you guys would like to develop in, running the football is going to be key, right? 100%. Yeah. Use – that's the only way to ensure that the clock does not stop because as long as the guy, the ball carrier has the ball in his hands and he stays in bounds, which he wouldn't be running anywhere near the sideline. If it was a four minute drill, as long as he does that, like the clock will not stop unless there's a penalty, obviously like there's all types of things, but that's the one way to make sure the clock doesn't stop. <clears throat> if you throw the ball, obviously they can drop it and get picked, whatever. So it's just, if you're able to efficiently run the ball down the field, then uh, that's kind of the key to it. What's more exciting, catching a touchdown pass or something else after 30 seconds from Vassilana Garden? To own the more that owns every job, then get to Vassilana Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. 
So I've talked to tight ends. I'm sorry, offensive linemen about this, but never tight ends. Please like and subscribe if you like the conversation with Jacob. So I understand that scoring a touchdown is awesome. Okay. Yeah. By the same token, we're just talking about a four minute drill and running the football. Mm-hmm. How does that compare? I'll just ask you, what's better? Than just taking away a man's will and running it down his throat for an 80-yard drive or scoring the touchdown? Which one? I think it's so cool whenever <clears> – Obviously, t- scoring touchdowns is great. That's what, I love to, <laughs> that's what I love to do. So, I'm going to say that's more exciting. But I think, not, like, nothing is – it's, like, really cool whenever you're – like, four-minute drill, right? like you said, we're slowing the clock down. Um our tempo is gone, right? That's what everyone says our biggest advantage is, and that's the only reason that we're successful, right? Whatever. Um, no tempo. We're just standing there, like, literally talking to the guys across the line of scrimmage because we know we're not snapping the ball until there's about four seconds left on the clock. So we're just sitting there, like, hanging out, and they call the play in, and we've run the play however many times that game already, and, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll still be able to run the play successfully, get the first down, whatever it may be, like, like I mean, you understand in four minutes, drills, depending on how much time is left on the clock, you know you have to get – I have to get three first downs to end the game. We all know that going into the drive. So it's first down, run the ball, second down. If we don't get first down, maybe we throw whatever. Um, but once you get that last first down that you know, like, yeah, that, that sealed it, like that's – the game's over. We can just run the clock out. We can take knees, whatever. Um, and, like, it, you're a part of it. You're not just out on the perimeter, like, just running off somebody for the run. Like, you actually, like, move your guy out of the way and, like, and like, like whatever. It's it's a great feeling because, like, no one knows you did it. Like, no one's going to give you the recognition. No one's going to be like, oh, wow, Jacob scored that touchdown. But everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, that, that run by whoever was really great in that four-minute drill. But they don't even look at the front where we're all, like, you know, the, the whole – sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. But, you know, the whole is, is – this wide because you know that a tight end did a good job on a seat on a on a backside cutoff or the front side double team did an amazing job moving the the down line into the linebacker and closing them off like like it, it's very rare that people actually appreciate that and th- those are the things that we appreciate in the game um i guess as small alignment <laughs> so um <laughs> or big receivers or big receivers yeah <laughs> yeah uh by the way i saw cedric tillman He's every bit of six four, if not six five. Does he get a gross spurt? <laughs> he is also a big receiver. <laughs> no, he's massive, dude. He's been like that. He's he grew his hair out a little bit. That might be why. I don't know if he had it braided up or whatever after media days, but uh, no, he's a big dude. Like a lot of people don't really realize how big he is, and he's a buff guy, like really muscular, like really tall, like really <clears throat> a solid player. And and I remember like first coming in, people would joke about, joke with him about like playing tight end and stuff like that. Um, but no, yeah, he's he's a real deal. Yeah, he was. That was the first time I met him in person. He was a lot bigger than he looked on on tape. He didn't look small on tape, but I thought right. I had him pegged kind of six three in my head, and I was like, "Goodness gracious, wow. you're like Jake, you're like Jacob tall." All right, yeah. so uh, he's Jacob Warren. Next time we talk, we'll be uh, talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Mm-hmm. That's before your time. Yeah, the Allen Iverson. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, still, I still defend him for that, and I was like the only one. Because he is talking about practice, a guy that gives practice. it 120,000% during every game, too small, should have lifted weights, but gives it his all, 
and we're talking about practice. He actually had a really good point. It just didn't convey correctly. Didn't stick. <laughs> <Didn't stink. laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to say AI all these years later. He is Jacob right. Warren. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a production of Off the Hook Sports. Don't forget to go to Bassey Lawn and Garden. Bassey.com. Man alive. It's worth the drive. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.